Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You can pretty much do anything that you wanted to do. And whether it's big or small, it's, it's achievable. What is your vision and how can I help you achieve that? Sharon Norris is a marriage celebrant based up in Nullumboy in northeast Arnhem Land. And she's seen some pretty interesting things. From pirate weddings to Star Trek, Sharon has performed around 330 weddings and counting. In this conversation, Sharon speaks about what it's like to move to a remote community, how and why she became a celebrant, and what's involved in hosting potentially one of the most stressful days of someone's life. This was a real eye-opener for me. So if you're interested in how it all works or maybe have a wedding on the horizon, this episode is definitely worth a listen. Now, just to get things rolling, a little bit of housekeeping. First up, thank you so much for clicking on this podcast. My name's Monica O'Hanlon, and you could say I'm a bit of a sticky beak. I just love hearing people's stories because it's true what they say. Everyone's got one. I work at Gove FM in northeast Arnhem Land in the NT. It's one of the most remote and unspoilt parts of Australia. If you're someone who isn't familiar with it, here's what you need to know. The Jungle people are the traditional owners of this region. Their vibrant culture dates back more than 40,000 years. The hub, where I live, is called Nullumboy, a town created on the Gove Peninsula after the establishment of the bauxite mine. You're probably asking, what's the purpose of this podcast? I've met so many weird and wonderful people, whether they're from here or just passing through. I want to know how their path led them to this tiny little dot on the map. And it would be my absolute pleasure to share it with you. How did you end up here, <laughs> of all places? Uh, like many people for work, yeah. um, I had been working in local government in Brisbane and uh, I then, I was during the time when Campbell Newman had started sacking people, for want of a bit of a word, um, yeah. in, in Queensland, the similar thing was happening in the councils and I found myself out of work and so I ended up working in local government here and I'm now moved across into housing. Cool. So I'm now working in that sphere. How long ago was that? I came here in uh, May 2013. Okay. So I'm approaching my sixth year now. Ooh. I don't know if that qualifies as me as a local. <laughs> You've got another four years, I think. Okay. I think 10 years is a local mark. Not, uh. not quite a local. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it to you, Sharon. <laughs> so what was your first impression of the place? Like, Coming from Brisbane, because had you been in the NT before? No, so it was my first introduction to the NT. Uh, very, very small. I, I wasn't quite certain if initially if I'd find my way around town, but I soon discovered that all roads lead to each other <laughs> and go. And I, 
through involvement with community service and stuff, I started to meet people. So coming from a very, very big place to a very small place, I think I coped quite well. Uh, but I think people people need to find their way when they first come to town here yeah. and particularly if they haven't been in a remote place before and find find the things that they need to do to adjust to small town life and, and, and get involved in their community too. Yeah, join a club, hey. Yeah, absolutely. When you responded to the Facebook ad, I was so excited because just from that tiny little message, you told me that you've performed pirate-themed weddings, elopements. Uh, you even replicated a Klingon ceremony from the Star Trek Next Generation. You've got almost 330 weddings under your belt. I mean, that's not a bad feat in itself. How did you get into doing this? Uh, it was something that I always wanted to do, but until 2003, the marriage celebrant program was closed to new people. Okay. Um, then they, the federal government did a review which found that celebrants were ageing and they, they needed more people. So they opened the program up and I uh, undertook a training course and went from there. And, and I think I was registered uh, nine months after I studied my course. So I didn't have to wait too long before I became registered. And so how long, how does the process even, how long does it take? Uh, it's changed over the years, but you, you need to do a certificate for in celebrancy and then you apply to the federal government uh, to be appointed. I believe they only have to wait about three months now. In in the time when I went through, we had to wait until September each year before they would um would appoint new people. Okay. Um, but now it's it's a lot it's a lot easier to become a celebrant. But you do have to undertake the training first, and the certificate for might take a little bit of time for people to complete. Okay, so are we talking like a year or two years or six months? It really depends on the provider uh, and what the the elements of the certificate for are. I actually only did one unit of competency, which was the only requirement at the time that I uh, had to, to do the training. Uh, the certificate for came in later. But I've actually invested in my own development and I completed a graduate diploma in civil ceremonies at Monash University in oh, wow. 2010. So I'm one of about 110 celebrants in Australia that actually have the graduate diploma uh, qualification, and that's the highest qualification in the world in civil celebrancy. Wow, that's incredible. It, it is. It's uh, very few people have it, and yeah. it's uh, it's just something that I can say. Well, you know, this is this is the highest qualification you can actually get in our field. So I'm very proud of that. What does that mean exactly? Like, does it mean you're going to get a better quality? wedding <laughs> what does it mean uh it just means that i've invested a lot of um time and effort into studying ritual and all of those things that come behind celebrancy so oh in the ceremony in particular um we studied a lot of stuff including indigenous ceremony one of my assignments was on um relationships in uh i think it was nepal people's oh, relationships wow. so we went a lot a lot of the behind the scene with ritual rites all of that sort of stuff which you don't get in the general uh, ceremony training so I can talk to people about you know the history of a lot of different rites and rituals and how uh, they might 
you know, uh, improve their ceremony. But a lot of people I find, you know, aren't really that interested in it. So whether or not it actually uh, advances me in any way, I don't know. But for my own benefit, I was pleased to be able to do this study. Yeah. So it's not a strictly religious thing. You're open to cater to couples' needs and what they're after. Well, the difference between a a civil celebrant and a religious one is that we perform non-religious ceremonies. Mm -hmm. Uh, In Australia, there's three types of celebrant. The religious celebrant, so they perform weddings and other ceremonies on behalf of a religious congregation and and a church. Um, Then you've got uh, category B civil celebrant, which is the state and territory authorised celebrants. So in town we've got Lynn Evan and she's uh, able to perform ceremonies on behalf of the NT government. And then there's category C, which is myself, and I just perform non-religious ceremonies in any place or any location. And I will include religious elements if people specifically ask me to. We're not restricted from it, but I'm not a religious celebrant as per se. Oh, awesome. And can you, like, do you do this full-time? No. (laughs) No. Um, My colleagues interstate, many of them do have full-time practices, but obviously Uh, here with a small population, it's... it comes and goes, but I performed seven weddings here last year. For me, that's like I think five was the previous number that I'd done in a year. And so I'm very happy with that. We've got less than 3,000 people living here. Yeah. Uh, and I just have the philosophy that if people want to have the type of ceremony that I can help them achieve, well, I'm happy to do that. If yeah. they want to go and have a religious ceremony or one in the, the magistrate's court, that's fine too. Everybody can do what they want. And if people want me to help them, I'm here. think that I guess since there was that spike last year do you see I feel like weddings kind of went a little bit out of fashion and now we're going back into like that classic people want to get married more have you noticed that? Um, Well certainly the marriage equality that has come in has made it possible for everybody now to be getting married. Uh, I think that might have something to do with it although I've only performed one uh, same-sex marriage ceremony since the law changed. Was that in Nulumboy? Yes, it was. Was that uh, C- Caroline and yeah. Olivia? Yeah. And that was that was a bit of history for Gove too because that was the very first one here. Yeah. Um, and so I was really thrilled to be able to do that for them. A lot of the people that come and see me are people who might have partners coming from overseas. So there's a requirement for them to marry within a certain time frame once their partner comes into the country, that sort of thing. Uh, so, I, you know, I can certainly help people with that. But I do think people are looking at whether or not they want to take that extra step from, a, you know, a committed relationship into a marriage. And I think I think people are thinking more about it now. Okay. I don't think I've ever met a marriage celebrant. I, I'm pretty sure I haven't. What attracted you to the role initially? I was working, well, I'm a writer. I, I write okay. children's books and oh, I've well. had several published. So... I had the writing skills to be able to write 
really good ceremonies. And I thought through my work previously with the Queensland government, I'd done some public speaking. So I had public speaking skills plus the ability to write ceremonies. So that's what got me into it initially. And then I've... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The finer art of delivering the ceremonies because there's many elements to it. You're actually stage managing an event. Yeah. Uh, so from woe to go, uh, go to woe, you have to control everything. And so over the years, that's the big skill that I've picked up in being able to deliver these events even small ones they still take planning yeah I'm constantly thinking what is what are the guests seeing from the other side and so it plays out in my mind like a little movie what are they looking at how can I best manage this so they get the best view that sort of thing uh so for me it's it is like making a a little movie for people because I'm constantly thinking about what are people seeing when they're looking at this you're a, a wedding triple threat. You've you've got it all, Sharon. That's incredible. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> it, it's a lot of pressure, though, right? Because this is everyone says this is the biggest day of your life for a lot of people. I, I think there's the there's a lot of stress on couples, and what I found over the years is that you know uh, if if they don't plan for what might happen on the day that they're not expecting. Uh, it just adds extra pressure. Like if, if you're fairly laid back and you think, okay, if it's going to rain and I've got a backup venue, I'm fine. Or, um, you know, if, if something happens and my flowers aren't just quite right, everything's going to be okay. Yeah. You'll get through it a lot better. But where you don't cope with those tiny changes that put extra stress on you, I've seen that affect a few people. So I just try and ensure ensure people know that, I'll control as much as I can of the ceremony. Obviously, if a guest jumps up and rips their clothes off in the middle of the ceremony, I can't control that. I can ask them to leave. But, um, have you ever seen that happen, Sharon? <laughs> no, but I did have a lady uh, actually once fall over in a garden bed. She was walking backwards oh. to take photos as the bride was approaching and she stepped back into a garden bed and fell over and you could hear the crack from about oh. 20 metres away and she was quite seriously hurt. Oh. Uh, so that ceremony was obviously delayed by <laughs> while that while we arranged first aid and, and she was carted off to hospital. But oh you kind of, you always have to expect the, the unexpected yeah. and, and I just try and ensure that um, – it's as safe as possible for people. The show must go on. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, yes. <laughs> What's the uh, craziest wedding or most memorable wedding uh, that you've ever had? Oh, clearly the Klingon <laughs> wedding from Star Trek. I had this couple approach me and uh, they'd met online on a Star Trek fandom site. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and gotten together and decided they want to get married. And he was American, she was Australian, and his family were very, very religious <laughs> in America. And so they were just horrified to think that they were going to do this Star Trek wedding. And so met with them and they said, oh, we want to replicate Captain Worf's wedding from Star Trek Next Generation. So they gave me a copy of the of the DVD that had that episode. I watched it about a dozen times. I had to actually replicate 
every word uttered in in that ceremony and <laughs> it starts off with a uh, the bride and groom have like a sword fight and uh, so we had to actually when we rehearsed this we had to practice it down to the T they had replica uh, scimitars that they used for the fight uh, we had to source some drumming because there was big drum beats in it so they got some South Sea Island drumming beats and things but it was fabulous and the bridesmaids dressed up as staff lead officers and it was just it was just absolutely amazing and I've always wondered what his parents thought when they saw the, the video taken of it because it's, it would have been just so alien to them. Yeah, um, literally. <laughs> but I also had to I had to learn uh, Klingon, some Klingon words and pronunciation <laughs> and they had this big dictionary to help me out because they were a huge tricky wow. game. Wow, yeah, obviously. But uh, oh, it was just stunning. It was just a really stunning event. Did you have to wear a special costume? I didn't have to, but I, I wore a brown outfit that kind of fit in with, with everything else that was going on around that <laughs> suited their theme. So, uh, yes, I, I do. If people ask me to dress up, I will. Yeah. And a colleague of mine actually officiated once dressed as a, uh, uh, I think it was a princess, which went really done really well because he had a very big beard and everything. <laughs> so he dressed up as a princess to officiate at the wedding of um, a tomato and a carrot or something. <laughs> <laughs> I love that people are so creative um, <laughs> with their weddings. I would never have even thought of that. And pirate weddings, they're very, very popular. Re um, so it's its actually a popular thing. <laughs> yes. Um, and I went to a lot of trouble with one particular pirate wedding. Um, <laughs> I researched a lot about what pirates actually did. And so we had all the guests sign on at the beginning of the ceremony uh, with, with what they call an article of agreement, which is what pirates used to do when they signed on for voyages. <laughs> And then we had um, a letter of mark. So the the groom's heart had been stolen. And when pirates had something stolen from them, they could go and then um, claim something back. So he was going to claim her in marriage under this letter of mark that he presented to her family. And so we we just incorporated all these little elements in. And it was it was just a really interesting day. Yeah. Would you say that one of those that you've just spoken about are your favourites or do you have a particular standout favourite? No, I don't think I have a favourite because there's so many different ways in which you can get married. It can be extremely simple. It can be extremely elaborate in, in those cases, obviously, very yeah. elaborate. Um, for me, everyone is different and everyone has its own merits. So I often joke I could marry someone in 90 seconds because <laughs> that's how long it takes to say the legal words that are needed in a, a marriage ceremony. Not that I've ever tried that, but the shortest wedding I've done has been about five minutes. Wow. Um, and the longest has been half an hour. So, wow. you know, they're all special moments in time. And I don't think I, th I could say that I have a favourite, yeah. but I just have lots of memories from almost um, 15 years now as a celebrant. So That's incredible. <laughs> are you married, Sharon? I'm not married at the moment, but I'm getting married next year. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. So I am expecting it, like you're going to have the best wedding ever <laughs> because you've seen so many. Everybody, everybody wants their wedding to be the best. And my partner and I, we've both been married before. Mm -hmm. So just something very simple involving our families um, and we're my partner is South African, so I'm looking to have some sort of traditional elements from his culture cool. within the ceremony as well and possibly some um, 
something spoken in Afrikaans as well. So, oh, that'll be nice. Yeah. And do you have a celebrant already organised, <laughs> like one of your friends? Or yes, it's, <laughs> we're getting married in Brisbane, and I know lots of celebrants in Brisbane. That's where I'm from, uh, and I've got the best. So, <laughs> <laughs> who is the best? Just um, curiously, Jennifer Cram. Okay. So, yeah. ah. so I guess all the celebrants you guys hang out together. Is there like do you have a Facebook page or something? Uh, <laughs> a lot of celebrants are in associations and okay. I'm in the Professional Celebrants Association in Brisbane um, and so a lot of people will, uh, we've made a lot of friends through those groups and people will socialise and and catch up for, you know, coffee or to go to the professional development things that we have to do annually. Uh, I've, I've known Jenny now through the PCA for a very long time. So we've become friend, really good friends. Yeah. And she performed my daughter's wedding ceremony last year in Brisbane. Oh, how cool is that? If, if anyone is looking to get married this year, uh, how do we go about getting in touch with you? Generally, the Gove Notice Board, if people ask the question, someone will tag me. and Or I've just got a mobile number, 0401 if people want to give me a call. And I do have a website, which is SharonLNorris.com. Cool. So I'm happy to talk. And I also just happy if people just are looking for ideas and stuff and haven't even got anything confirmed, happy to just have a chat about what the process is involved and what documentation people need and what you can and can't do because you can pretty much do most things in weddings. That's so cool. I love it. People are getting creative. It's awesome. Oh, with your children's books, are they on your website as well? Yes. One is called The Balloonatic. It's about a... Balloonatic. It's about a boy who's a mad, keen, hot air ballooning enthusiast and he <laughs> gets to fly in a balloon on his birthday and something happens and he has to land the balloon. I've got another one called The Croc Shock, which is it was kind of my tribute to Steve Irwin. It, it was It's about a boy who takes... Who, he lives on a, a wildlife farm and he takes a baby crocodile to school for show and tell and it creates havoc. Uh, I've got another one there called uh, The Blink Off about a, the game that you play when you have a stare out yeah. at someone. <laughs> uh, and I've got another one about uh, called Finders Keepers, which was the first one that I wrote about some kids that find a dinosaur egg on the beach and then everybody wants to take it from them. So... How cool is that? Yeah, I, I write. I like to write for the eight to twelve year old age group because I figure they're the ones that are really in charge of their imaginations, and you can tell them that a, a, a ten year old boy can land a hot air balloon, and they'll believe it. You know. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I I don't do a lot of writing nowadays, but I I try to do a bit here and there, and hopefully I might have another book on the way soon. So. How exciting. Well, Sharon, thanks so much for coming in for a chat. You have an incredible story. I love all of these little quirky weddings. It's like, yeah, I, I hope people can draw inspiration. Hopefully we'll get some more quirky kind of interesting weddings in Gove. Well, yeah, just uh, <laughs> and you can pretty much do anything that you wanted to do and whether it's big or small, it's it's achievable. What is your vision and how can I help you achieve that? That was the 11th episode of North East Arnhem Land with Mon. I hope you liked what you heard. 
If you did, it would be fabulous if you could give the podcast a review and click subscribe. Like always, shout out to Gove FM. Without this incredible station, this podcast would not be possible. And of course, thank you for hanging out. I'm Monica O'Hanlon. I hope you have an awesome day. I'll see you next week. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. 